welcome to episode. Oh, sh- I didn't check what episode number this is. One seventy two. One seventy two of STGC. Um, it's Thursday, December nineteenth. If you're not aware, Super Deformed Games Cast meets right here every night on Thursday, every Thursday night at nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we discuss the latest gaming headlines with a wide variety of panel members and guests, even more than usual tonight. We also do a whole bunch of other stuff as time allows. We get a separate show about movies and television, pre-recorded content, and a bi-weekly morning show every other Friday, which we have not been doing. Whew. If you've been along for the ride so far, welcome home. And if not, hey, feel free to stick around and maybe throw us a subscription. Every single podcast is archived the next day on our YouTube channel for those who like to watch, and you can find us on all major podcast services for those who like to listen. And with that, I can close John's intro paragraph. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to So, Hello. So... Um, Hello. everybody, all of the straights on the podcast are off at a Star Wars. Um, <laughs> or, or it could be cats. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. Um, so the thing is, this was going to be just me and Reb. We were like, what are we going to do? And we're like, we're going to get some friends. Um, first off, well, we decided before anything that this was, this is now super deformed gays cast, yes, uh, as is. we have taken over. Um, we decided we get a bunch of friends, uh, not all of whom were gay, so it's not really the Super Form Gays, gays <laughs> cast, but that's okay. Sorry. It's fine. Look, it's fine. good. we got to have a token. It's fine. We have a token straight. Yeah. <laughs> You're token straight white male. We are, we are you your are allies, Sam. It's okay. You're the diversity <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is our last show of the year. I, think, I don't think we really thought about this like before leading up to this week because i think we probably would have like maybe planned something nope but like next week is january 20 or it's december 26th it's the day after christmas there's no way in hell we're going to be having a show that day and everyone right. else is gone our game of the year show is next month i think early yeah we're gonna do it in january sometime whatever um so this this is just it this is it for the year it's been real slow news so we're not we're not even really we're not going to go through like headlines like we normally do. Uh, we've just got kind of, we got some topics from the dis- discord over the last couple days that we were going to go through and talk to our guests about and just kind of have a real chill, fun last show of the year. Speaking of guests, Reb, who are our guests today? We have more guests I- than cast members. I know. I would love it. I know. I know you all just saw Sam like last week, um, but this is Sam, Matt and Lena. And I would love it if they would go around and just like introduce themselves and like tell us what, is cool about them <laughs> i don't know what do you want us to know <laughs> plug your shit who wants to go first you can it's all right i guess i guess since i spoke so for those who don't know my name is matt i also go by storm again i am a podcaster burlesque host and dj and uh streamer um i've been a fan of the show for ages and i'm so excited to be a part of one of them i am honored to be here um i do two video game podcasts that might be relevant to those in chat one is uh mass effect replay podcast i do with my co-host where we're playing through all of the games even the bad one eventually um (laughs) and uh playing as shepherd as if we were shepherd and making decisions as we would make them and then discussing those decisions both relationship building all that stuff and so if you're a diehard mass effect fan it's a good listen we feature derek a bunch because he's replaying the games on stream which has been fun to mention and then the other show is called funny games podcast i do with my co-host jeff it's a more general gaming podcast, more like this show. We talk about tropes. We talk about things in game, major events when they warrant it. Um, both of those can be found anywhere on the internet where you get podcasts. So that's me. Sam. 
All right. Yeah. So my name is Samuel Talbert, longtime friend of the show, and I'm a journalist slash staff writer working as a, well, working freelance, but I'm essentially a staff writer over at Windows Central, Android We're Central. We're technically coworkers. Have we had this conversation before? We are. We have not had this conversation, Reb. I was actually going to do it after the cast, but since you brought it up, we are technically coworkers on iMore since you contribute a lot over there. Yes. You do yeah. really good work over there. Um, oh. I, I do some guides, but most of my stuff is more day-to-day -day news, editorials, uh, game yeah. reviews, that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, people seem to tell me that I do a really, really good job of it. So please uh, come check us out. Lena? Um, I'm Lena Claire. My accolades include uh, being gay, being Derek's <laughs> sister. Um, I made a game once. I endeavor to do that more often. Um, that's what I got. Yeah, Lena! <laughs> I do want to Woo! point out that, of course, you can tell that we're siblings because we are naturally the most extra people. <laughs> Me with the, like, neon-soaked lighting and Lena with her Game Boy camera. <laughs> Before the podcast, she's like, you know, we weren't sure she was here because she didn't have, like, on at all. She suggested she could get a Game Boy camera out. And, of course, we all jumped on this idea as being a fantastic one. It's brilliant, and I love it. Um, so what we want to talk about tonight, we're going to go through something we usually do on the show. I would love to hear from each of you what you all have been playing in this, the waning weeks of the year. Silence. I guess I can Lena, start. Lena, no, okay. Lena, you go. You, you, just, you didn't talk enough just now. I want to hear you talk some more. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm playing Pokemon off and on still. I am playing Fallout 4 for the billionth time as well. Um, and I'm also playing a bunch of Dreamcast games. How are you feeling about Pokemon? How what what are your goals at the moment? Um, I want to make a team so that I can beat everybody in the inevitable SDGC tournaments. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Do I need to start That's organizing this? Right yeah. All right. Well, I'll go yeah, next. Go, go. Um, so I actually picked up Pokemon, which is don't kill me the first Pokemon game I've actually ever played. Awesome. And, um, no, why would I yeah. tell you? I'm so happy well, you're playing yeah. a video game. One of us. People tend, people tend to have weird reactions when you tell them you've no, never played no. a Pokemon game before, but uh, but I'm enjoying it. I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I'm just pressing use water cannon over and over and, it <laughs> yes, seems, and, the, and the reactions are great because it doesn't matter how over the top extra the trainers are or how confident they are or how well they've studied. They all fall before the power of water cannon. Absolutely accurate, yes. So it keeps on working, and I'm keep on slowly, <laughs> steadily working my way through the decks. Uh, beyond that, the second operation in Gears 5 just dropped, so I've been grinding through those ranks, trying to get really high up there. They have a new Battle Royale light mode called Free For All. It's really, really hectic and insane, and if you're a big Gears guy like I am, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, nice. I've, of course, also been playing Pokemon. Uh, yesterday, I got my good, good sword, sword Doggo. Uh, I finally caught him, so I finished the complete uh, story. Oh, congratulations. Um, um, so that was fun. Uh, I may complete the decks for the first time. I don't know. I never have before. Um, but I loved Sword. Uh, it is not the best Pokemon game, but it's probably one of my favorites just because of the accessibility, um, how you don't have to bust your ass to level your teams. You can switch out Pokemon and get them to your team's level pretty easily. Like, I loved all that stuff. Um, I just also don't quite understand, like, there's there's post-game with these two characters that are very strange men with weird hairdos. Yeah, like, I don't understand what that's about. Like, what were they I, smoking when they I made am, those characters? 
<laughs> I have expressed my opinion about Pokemon Sword and Shield on this podcast multiple times, so I will not go back into my spiel about how I think the game is built around these big set pieces and all the stuff in between is just, like, collapsing terrible. Um, but I think it is extremely weird how that whole plot line is, like, the shallowest of, without spoiling it, the shallowest of metaphors for, uh-huh. like, online culture in some ways like there's a scene where a woman has written some sort of historical well-researched well-founded text and these two men who are very interested in making everything like it was in the good old days tell her that it's full of lies and she's wrong and they wrote a review about it on the internet and i i that whole scene i was just like what is this doing in this video game i don't understand it was it was weird but that said um i have enjoyed the game um besides that i've also started just briefly playing shovel knight king of cards um i love the shovel knight games and i've been waiting for this final expansion for a while um tell me about king uh, of cards i played all the other three i haven't played that one yet so king of cards you play as king knight um who uh there's comedy very early on like your your cook who gives you more health like in the other games is your mother who you tell to stop (laughs) babying you all the time um it's my favorite thing um but the game is not only based around the platforming that you expect from shovel knight but it's also got a card game in it um the card game is akin to the final fantasy 8 card game where it's like certain directions of the cards tell me more yeah um (laughs) it's a smaller grid but it's really fun so each card has arrows and you have to push cards you have to push your cards onto coins to get the coins if the game ends with the board filled and you on the most coins you win um it's more complicated than it looks but it's been a lot of fun to play um the humor and the music is amazing as always like the other shovel knight games Mm -hmm. also king knight's main way of attacking is with a charge so like it feels like Wario Land, which was one of my favorite <gasps> Game Boy Advance games. Oh, well, you got, got revving my attention. <laughs> we're friends! We're friends! We are. Yeah, um, and so, like, the shoulder charge is really fun, and, like, you bounce off, off certain surfaces to get higher. Other surfaces you can't, and so you have to platform. It's been a lot of fun. I'm only, like, four or five stages in, but I freaking love it so far. Um, Shovel Knight is one of my favorite games, definitely in the last decade, if not my favorite. Um, and then the other game I've been playing is Dauntless, actually. Um, okay. When it came out on Switch, I downloaded it because I, aw, kitty. Hey, kitty. Who's um, that? This is Sebastian. I've Hi, had Sebastian. him for a couple of years. He's trying to climb my computer right now and get all up in my business, <laughs> which he only does if I'm ever trying to record something <laughs> on podcast, of course. But uh, he just yeeted himself over my fence a couple of years ago and refused to leave. So, like, okay, sure. Yeah, best friend, <laughs> yeah. great. Sorry, Matt, uh, I really want no, to it's, it's fine. I'm distracted by cute things too, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started playing Dauntless. Um, I ignored it on the PC mostly, even though friends of mine had played it. And then when it came out on the Switch, I was like, oh, well, I have a micro SD card with has a bajillion gigs on it at this point. So let's download this free game and check it out. And like the seamlessness of the crossplay is insane. So I have a friend who I played with it, my friend Brian, shout out to Brian, who was playing it on PC. And so I logged on on Switch. We were able to connect immediately. We were able to start playing together immediately. It lagged on the Switch a little bit, um, you know, in the especially in the hub area where all the players are. 
but once you go off to a hunt, so it's like Monster Hunter Light, essentially. It's a less complex Monster Hunter. But the minute you go on a mission and you go to fight things, like it's smooth, it looks good. It, of course, looks better on other platforms. But that said, on the Switch and handheld mode, yeah. to be able to play an online game with my friends anywhere in my home or in other homes that have internet was pretty neat. Um, and also, I'm not really a Fortnite person. Nothing wrong with it. I just never really right, played yeah. it. So this... This is my experience, first experience with like really good crossplay, and it was phenomenal. Um, playing the game is fun. It looks pretty. It's silly. Um, I loved Monster Hunter World, but I burned out on it. So something that's like half the skill level has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I talked to the developers on that game, and I I thought it was fascinating how an a, a, a very a reasonably small studio was gunning for crossplay across all all three consoles plus PC in a time when really only like they were they were trying to do this at the time when only Fortnite had done it so far and sony was still being a little baby about it like yeah. i i i know epic games sort of like you know shoved sony into caving to them with you know oh we have we have money come on but i was very surprised that dauntless was able to do it so quickly as well like minecraft i think just got or just got announced like yeah. full crossplay is finally yeah. happening for minecraft I know. It's well, like, I, I, not saying that you're you're right, Reb. It is ridiculous. But the thing with Minecraft was the Xbox Live login. Like, yeah, Sony yeah, was really not happy about that one. But right, they came. I mean that, yeah. that's fair. But I, I still, it's just it's just very astonishing to me. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I wrote Dauntless sure. off as a Monster Hunter fan because I played the other Monster Hunter games on 3DS and and everything, and you know consoles before that. And I liked Monster Hunter World. So when I saw Dauntless, I was like, oh well, this is super easy and like it you know it's just not a the realism isn't hiked up the uh insane difficulty isn't hiked up but having played it now for about a week i really enjoy how simplistic it is it makes it a lot more fun and quick to jump into and if anyone's been afraid to jump into monster hunter i actually really recommend dauntless because it's a nice entryway into that kind of hunting and gathering game Hey, Nintendan, thank you for gifting all those subs. We appreciate it. Thank you, Nintendan. You're the best. As long as not, we're not playing Shine Thief or whatever that game, that <laughs> mode is in Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, God. Derek, what are you playing? Um, I've been playing a couple things. Obviously, still playing Pokemon. Um, mm -hmm. I've been streaming Mass Effect, so I'm on Mass Effect 2 right now, and that's been a good time. Um, okay, uh, what else? There, I did finish... Y'all know, some of you may know, um, I've been marathoning the Call of Duty games because uh, I've never played yep. them, and I sometimes need to, to hurt myself. I don't know how better to put it. Um, I actually rather liked Advanced Warfare, which is the one I just finished, which is the one, unfortunately, with Kevin Spacey, uh, which was not good you seeing him. You mean Hatsune Miku? Yeah, yeah, Hatsune Miku was in it. Um, <laughs> at, least, at least Kevin Spacey was the villain. Um, very clearly, so I didn't have to feel like even worse about it. But like, <laughs> Advanced Warfare felt good though. It felt closer to some of the shooters that I grew up with, which is stuff like Unreal and Quake. And it was it was a little bit more like mobility options, and it was faster paced. And and it's maybe the only Call of Duty I've I've just think I guilt free enjoyed. Everything else I've been like, oh, there's these good parts, but oh, these these parts that I really really dislike. Um, so, and next is Black Ops 3, which I've been told uh, will break me in half, uh, like Bane uh, breaking Batman over his knee. So, 
Um, so Derek, I'm prepared for whatever, that. Whatever happens, you just need to imagine yourself in a frozen forest, <laughs> calm and serene. And I promise you, by the time you finish Black Ops 3, you will hate hearing those words ever again. Okay. <laughs> the sheer number of people who have told me um, how much I'm going to, how violently I'm going to hate, when people like Justin are telling me how violently I'm going to hate it, and Justin doesn't play hyperbole. You know, Justin's yeah. a, a very, like, centered, like, Maddie. Um, has been telling me how much I'm going to just hate it. So uh, I guess that's coming. Um, and then what else? Oh, I started um, Outlast today because I've never played. Oh, I played once very briefly uh, and didn't get very far. Um, and, and I started today and I'm having much better progress. And uh, it is, I definitely see where people are like, I don't really like the, the way this portrays mentally ill people. But like, that's anything involving like... Like I, I think these people are, are I don't know. It, it's it's yeah, it's a fun it's horror not. game, but horror as a genre can have some issues with its portrayal of mental illness, and we yeah. all know that. Mm -hmm. And there's really not much of a way yeah. to fix that. Um, and there uh, are very few ways to enjoy horror without running up against some sort of bad portrayal. Yeah. I I do think the evil within, and especially the evil within two, yes. did an okay job. Did evil a within two, fantastic job. Actually, Derek yeah. and I've talked about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm I not saying it doesn't exist. It's just broadly it's as a genre. Yeah. Sure, sure. It's, it's very real difficult. hard. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I got. That's where I am. Well, I actually I don't have a ton to add to this. I have just like I th this podcast has lined up perfectly in the fact that just a couple of days ago I finished the Pokedex in Pokemon Sword and Shield, and that was kind of my main post game goal. So I'll probably still dip into it occasionally just to like try to catch like Gigantamax Pokemon or whatever. But I'm about as done as like like that is a satisfactory conclusion for me. I think I put in about seventy hours. Like that seems that seems plenty of time. Yeah. Um, and I. I want to get back to, I want to finish Control. I'm really close to it. I think I've got like one more. So I've been streaming it. So I think I have like one more night and I that'll be done. And then I sort of have to figure out what I want to do next. Um, I'm thinking about, it sounds like I'm probably going to try Divinity Original Sin 2 here pretty soon. Oh, nice. Sounds, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I've yeah, heard I like literally one. not a single bad thing about that game. And I've got, I, I keep eyeing Disco Elysium. I haven't bought it yet, but... It, like I ha again another game that I have just really heard nothing but at least intriguing things about um and then yeah other than that I've got I've got kind of a library of just like bits and bobs that I'll probably like poke at throughout Christmas break but I'm at I'm at a really nice like place to be at the end of the year where I've finished all the big things that I want to finish and I'm just sort of like trying to figure out okay like what's gonna tide me over until I don't know I guess animal crossing I don't remember what's next that's that's a big one that's coming soon. It so is. yeah, Nintendo's just going off release? in chat. It's March. March, I think. Okay, oh. yeah. What day? Because it'll be either that or Ori. Yeah, so, I know. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna want to do both. Um, thank you, Nintendo. Thank you. You're gifting everybody. Gifting these. those subs. My goodness. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned Ori. I actually bought Ori on the Switch, the definitive edition, during the Black Friday sale. Oh. And now that I've finished Pokemon, I'm My gonna heart. dive into that probably this weekend. Have I can't you played wait. it before? Nope, I can't wait. Oh. I'm so excited. Yeah, I've heard so oh, many good joy. things, and I'm a Metro Metroidvania nerd. Like, oh, you're gonna love this. All of its problems mm. was one of you my favorites. Love. So oh, you're love it. I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. So let's jump. I just closed the window. Why did I do that? Let's jump into these questions that I like set up. So most of these are things I adapted many of them because when I asked our Discord to come up with topics, they all asked <laughs> for a bunch of top ten lists. 
Guys, we, you were most of you were here. Y'all saw the top, top 100. 100. <laughs> it was There's brutal. no way in hell we're, we can even come up with a top 10 of it. Top 10 toilets. I'm not. No, I will not be doing that. Let me guess. That was raw. I was like five people, honestly. It was a bunch of people. Anyway, so some real conversations. Yeah, Rar must have dabbed afterwards, like I'm sure. <laughs> um, let's start with ever we'll just go around. I what was everyone's favorite video game soundtrack of this year? Ooh. Yeah. I have one, so I can I can start while you yeah, all why don't you start? Um, yeah. I I'm it, it was really very attached to my game of the year, but I think the other one that's like maybe tied for it was Heaven's Vault. And a lot of you saw me stream Heaven's Vault. Uh, it's a beautiful game in this kind of fictional space world where you play as an archaeologist, like translating all these like this ancient language or whatever and trying to uncover this history. And it just has this beautiful score with like just strings that mm, it's just it's beautiful um it's unfortunately not on spotify but i bought it on bandcamp and i've been really frustrated lately because because i have it bought on bandcamp but on my spotify i can only listen to it through my headphones and i can't play it through my google home over there oh, in the corner it sucks um but i just i just love it like it, it it's really beautiful if you have a chance like i think you can just like listen to a preview of it on bandcamp um you've, you've all heard me gush enough about heaven's vault this year but if you're not going to play it at least like if you like instrumental just sweeping kind of i, I don't want to say magical but like it feels like ancient and old and beautiful and like what are you shaking your head for sorry the, the, never mind it's the chat the chat oh okay <laughs> Whatever, yeah. guys. Oh, fine, guys. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Heaven's Vault has beautiful music. That's all I wanted to say. Nice. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Uh, uh, so I'm conflicted because, like, so one of the most immersive soundtracks of this year, funnily enough for me, I think was Goose Game because the oh. classical scoring was yeah. done so well for playing that game it fits effective. so well yeah like i was like i just i loved every every bit of music that was in it even though it was a little sparse um like i was trying i thought luigi's mansion would be but then i was trying to remember any of the songs from the game and i can't and i think it's because they were all just kind of ambient like they were good but like in the they same were all way renditions on the same melody yeah effectively but yeah maybe. um uh Honestly, I really loved the music in Bloodstained. Bloodstained um, Ooh, yeah. had really great, you know, I mean, it's an Ivania, you know, like he, the work he does on anything is brilliant. I don't remember the composer's name, but like barring the graphics issues and the play, playing issues, because I got it on Switch, which is a whole other story, the music and the sound design was phenomenal. And that that's probably one of my favorites, just because it instantly reminded me of classic Castlevanias, had that, that same kind of vibe. And, you know, that's I love awesome. that kind of classical-based stuff. Yeah, that's what you want. River City Girls. Oh, yeah. Okay. River City Girls yeah. has a... The soundtrack is stupidly long, um, and it's just all synth pop and like moody and various prefix wave and like this is good river city girls has it's hard because like double trigger devil may cry 5 is yeah. the best gaming song of the year uh it's the bop of the summer yes, uh, i agree it's everything um really impressive that dante is played by hatsune miku but hell yeah but um but like overall the river city girls soundtrack is just killer um i also considered bringing up the outer wilds again but i'm probably gonna do that enough this show so i'm not gonna 
go on and on about that one too many times. Shout out, shout out to Outer Wilds, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Um, there was a lot of good music this year. Fire Emblem had some great tracks. Oh, yeah. Fire uh, Emblem was oh, quite yeah. good. Yeah. I, I played yeah. that game for like 90 hours and was not sick of the music. That's Same, yeah. No, no, like it, it never got repetitive. The, even hearing the same battle music over and over again, it was really good. I think for me, uh, <laughs> I think for me, uh, my favorite soundtrack was probably, uh, it's tough because Devil May Cry 5 was really good as well, but I think it was yeah. probably Gears 5, actually, yeah. because it was done soundtrack. by, yeah, it was uh, done by Ramin Dijwadi. I hope I didn't just butcher his last name. He's the same composer who did all the music for Game of Thrones. And, and Westworld so as well. And Pacific Westworld Rim well, theme, the, y'all. And Pacific, Pacific Rim. Rim, yeah. If, if you're familiar with him, you know he only invokes uh, a piano or an organ when things are really about to go down. That's when you can tell, <laughs> oh, oh crap, this is bad. Uh, and Gears has never had bad music, but he really elevated. He gave it a new life. He gave it some more emotional themes. He allowed it to just breathe. It's not just action set piece, action set piece. It's like, hey, it's okay to take five minutes and cry here. It's okay to breathe a bit. It's okay to reminisce and just enjoy what's around you. And I really, really like that. So that's, that one... There are standout songs from other tracks that I like better, but that one has stayed with me the longest. So it's probably my favorite. I think Gears 5 is like not an underdog of a game necessarily this year, but in terms of like soundtrack, I would agree that it has an incredibly good soundtrack and it's something not a lot of people are going to recognize that for. Right. Um, and they should. So. Lena. Well, <clears throat> this is also tied to my game of the year, but I think Resident Evil 2, the remake had a pretty good soundtrack um yeah it's very minimalist and i kind of dig it that was. purposefully like yeah um but then you get that track the um, blooming dread which is the track that plays if you play the fourth survivor okay. um stuff it's probably the best track on that whole thing i don't know how many of you actually did that part but i did um, yes i did yeah. and that is it gets pretty crazy towards the end there it gets <laughs> ridiculous yeah so probably that um, I mean, aside from that, the only other soundtrack I listened to outside of the game would probably be, um, I mean, Pokemon Sword and Shield, I guess, because there's some bops <laughs> in there. Yeah. So that soundtrack is so hit or miss for me, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why I would put Resident Evil 2 above it, just because it's it has but more songs that I think are more consistent. I, like I just want to point out the crime of a uh, something popped up in my YouTube recommendations, and it was somebody who did like a cover of the gym battle theme in sword and shield. And I was like, you know what? I'll listen to this and I'm kind of bopping. It's kind of working. And then they never end up incorporating the, the crowd chant at all. They don't, they don't, (gasps) they don't, they don't incorporate the crowd chant and they don't incorporate, um, anything that, that represents the melody of the crowd chant either. So it's just completely missing that, and I, I was just like, that's that's the whole hype point. Like, what are that's you doing? That's the best part. Like, that's so, mm, that was really upsetting. Uh, and I thought it was maybe a personal attack. <laughs> they were coming through there. Yeah, goodness. I know. <laughs> All right, I think you said we the went... punishment was death and you were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we went all the way around. So next one is underrated gem. Uh, name a game that you think hasn't really been recognized in like convention, not necessarily a game of, y- of the year, but a game that you don't think has been recognized enough in like conventional game of the year ballots that you would like to shout out because maybe it should have been. Um, I think mine would 
Probably. Actually, I, I sort of got I tripped up on this one because I'm going to say this, but I'm pretty sure like Patrick Klepek wrote a thing about it today. And so it's no longer underrated, I guess, if he's writing about it. But I really like a short hike. Um, that was just a, a cheerful little delight. I don't I don't know that I would call it like game of the year, but I feel like I should I just want to hold up and be like, did anybody see this? Did, did, you all looked at this, right? Like, it's just it's just a cute like little two hour thing in like Animal Crossing aesthetic, but with snarky dialogue that is sort of reminiscent of Night in the Woods, where you just go on a hike kind of up a mountain and then you're a bird so you can like fly down and you can talk to other little animal critters and everybody's just kind of like a snarky millennial. And it's just, it's just nice. Like there's nothing, there's nothing mind blowing about it, but I think, and I, I have a piece coming out tomorrow that I think sort of exemplifies this view of mine too, but I think it's good to just have games that are just nice. So yeah, yeah. shout out to a short hike. Uh, wow. I'll go next. I have one. Yeah. Um, so uh, mine is probably Shadows of Adam, which was a, a cute little RPG that came out uh, on the Switch earlier this year. I think it first came out last year on Steam, but it came out for the first time on Switch this year. It, uh, it was pitched to me as uh, an RPG for people who have day jobs and lives, uh, okay. which made it interesting to me because you can play... The game is probably only five hours long, maybe 10 hours, uh, but you can, like, it's very structured in a way that you can pick up and put it down at almost any time. Um, there are save points in the game, but you can also save anywhere. Um, and it's 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 reminiscent of, like, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI and, like, the old school Super Nintendo style RPGs. Um, the music's incredible. Um, I'm friendly with the composer, Tyler, who did an incredible job um and it just it was very reminiscent of the rpgs i grew up playing and it was a fun little thing to kind of dive back in like it's not overly complicated you know it's not um you know the strategy isn't insane and you can, can kind of devour it pretty easily um so i highly recommend that and i think it's always on and off sale on the eShop. so uh yeah shadows of that shadows of adam definitely check that out awesome, yeah who's next um silence <laughs> I think maybe Risk of Rain 2 because I put a lot of time into that and I don't really hear anybody talk about it I don't know if it's technically finished yet but if Fortnite's allowed to do it then yeah, yeah. sure no go ahead <laughs> there's no rules because it's it's basically it's a third person shooter slash you know you, there are melee characters I guess but it's an RPG kind of um, like you level up you get abilities the abilities get stronger as you as you get stronger and then um you get drops and those drops give you abilities and stuff like that and it's just it's fun um it has roguelike elements because you basically just do runs and you hope you get the best equipment for what you're trying to do um last time i played there wasn't a real ending but you could get to a certain point where you would get um like new characters and stuff like that and that would be how you'd end your run but I don't know, and the music was still good because Risk of Rain One had great music. This game also has great music. Uh, I just don't hear a lot about it, but I think it's good. Yeah, you're right that Risk of Rain, like for Risk of Rain One, which also I don't think made a lot of waves for how well it did and how well it's regarded. And this like early access model for Risk of Rain Two has been interesting because um, it's kind of like never made a lot of a lot of noise at one time. But uh, God, just I'm, I'm with you on that. Risk of Rain Two's been a blast. Nice, nice. Thank you. Lena. I I'd never even actually heard of that game apart from the name, so it was nice to hear someone talk about it. Yeah. Um, 
my pick is a little weird in that it's not underrated in the sense it was a small game. It's a full sixty dollars AAA game, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about it in end of the year awards. So I think it qualifies because it resonated with me. But that's Metro Exodus. Um, oh. The Metro series has always been games that like Metro fans knew they year? Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh yes. my God. It's been a long year. It's funny because it was, Reb, it was that week in February that like every game oh. had a release date and yeah. then everything got delayed except for, I think, Metro. I think it's like yeah. the only one yeah. that made it. But it's a very slow philosophical shooter. It almost feels weird to even say it's a shooter. Um, it, it, uh, it favors really long set pieces of just walking and talking and thinking about the world and how you can actually take an active step to make the world better besides shooting more mutants or bandits in the face. Uh, one of my favorite moments in the entire game is when the player character's name is Artyom is talking with his wife and you're just sitting there and you can just stroke her hair and let her tell you, hey, it's going to be all right. We're going to be okay finding a new home. And it doesn't end until you get up. And I was like, wow, that's actually really cool it's neat to implement that in a first person shooter you know that kind of thing stays with me and i don't see a lot of people talking uh, about that game so yeah for me it was very emotional i enjoyed it there oh yeah that is me i'm the last person i'm yeah. sitting here like who's next yeah. i don't know <laughs> um well, here's where i definitely get to go on about outer wilds um yeah which sure. okay look polygon picked it as game of the year um i don't care it wasn't even on most lists it did not enough people played it it didn't do incredibly well from what I understand. Like it did okay, but it, it sure didn't, uh, you know, isn't, isn't like making the impact that it ought to. Um, and the outer wilds is just this beautiful atmospheric. Um, the, 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 the basic gist of it, um, is that you are in this very, very tiny, uh, pocket sized solar system, pocket size in terms of like game terms is very easy to get from one side to the other very quickly. Um, and you are trying to discover um, the, the mystery behind this like lost alien civilization and the eye of the universe, um, except uh, the, the sun keeps exploding um, every like 22 in-game minutes. Um, <laughs> so you're constantly like groundhog daying it. Um, and every 22 minutes you start over and you've got to uh, go out and use the knowledge that you learned to make new progress on, you know, this planet or another planet. Um, and all of the planets are really clever in how they, they progress over time. Like there's one planet that is gradually falling apart. It's got a black hole in the center. So at the beginning of the 22 minutes, it's almost totally solid. But by the end, so much of it has fallen apart and into the black hole um, that like new areas have opened up and, and have become able to explore. Uh, but it's also more treacherous. There's two planets that are orbiting around each other, uh, and one of them's covered in sand, and the other one is full of caves. And as time goes on, gravity pulls the sand from the one to the other and fills up the caves on the one with sand, but opens up new areas on the first one. So you're playing with time. That's awesome. Um, in this really interesting way with each planet. Um, and it's got a lot of DNA of games like Mist and Riven in them, and that it is very much an adventure game. There's no combat. Um but it is it's 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 so interesting because it starts off as this very there's no combat there's no combat no it is purely... why did that suddenly make me way more interested in this game <laughs> it is it is a um there's there's basically no enemies um aside from one specific section um it is a 
it's interesting because it starts off as this like exploration and puzzle game. And then the further you get into it, it becomes just deeper and heavier and much more um, emotionally powerful. Um, and it's by the end of it. I mean, it's just, it's a devastating game. Uh, by the time you're done, it is haunting. It is beautiful. Uh, I will never be able to forget it. Um, just, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it's so good. So, um, I can't, I can't speak to it enough. Like if you want something, uh, if you like the idea of like a cool ex exploration puzzly kind of type of game, um, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you hard. Um, that is the first full explanation. I, I mean, I haven't admittedly gone out of my way to read anything about Outer Wilds. Um, I think I got it confused with Outer Worlds for too long and just had no idea what yeah, was well, what. Yeah, everyone everybody else. Yeah, what, yeah. Um, but that's like the first, like, sufficient, succinct, but detailed explanation I have yeah. heard of what Outer Wilds is. It's it's kind of hard because and, the more you tell about it, the less you're, you're experiencing for the very first time. Like, it's like now when you play the game and you get to the Ash and the Ember Twins, those, those two planets, like... Mm -hmm you're not going to have that moment of like, holy shit, the sand is leaving one and going to the other one. And that changes over time. But like, I don't know. I'm pretty good at having big holy yeah. shit moments. But the thing is, this game is so, <laughs> this game is so full of holy shit moments. Um, and it's, it's just, it's very smart. Um, and it does a very interesting way of like the ship's computer actually creates like a web of, of like data entries you read and things you come across and links them up. And there will be like where there's a thing that's in between two things that you haven't figured out yet. And it will kind of like the lines to them. It looks like Charlie scribbling the Pepe Silva, you know, on the corkboard with the lines of yarn. Like it looks like a crazy person's web, but, um, it kind of helps you fill in the gaps of like where two things might intersect that you weren't aware, um, you know, intersected and give you some direction. Uh, but yeah, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Damn, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Okay. I will, I will give that some thanks over the holiday. Thank you. Yes. Derek. I did. Derek, it. It's been on my list. I just yeah, haven't had the too. time. Every I, single I person set a day aside during the holidays and I will play it. Every single person here. Um, and in chat, who ends up playing this game? I want to know when, when, as you play it, like, and when you finish it, because this is, I don't know if there's much to talk about, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to sit in the dark with a bunch of people and go, holy fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. There, Absolutely. I've talked, I've talked with my, um, uh, my, my coworker, James Bachelor, about this a lot this year, but there seems to be kind of a reemergence of enjoyment of games with time loops like that. Mm -hmm. um it makes me there, there's a game sorry this is like super tan tangential yeah. not what anyone asked about at all um Fine. there's a game called 12 minutes coming yes. out next oh, year yes. Yes. um and i am fascinated by this game because the premise is that you're, you're this person who comes home like after work or whatever and you're trying to like have a nice dinner with your wife and i think i think she's like gonna tell you she's pregnant or something um this is not a spoiler this is like this is like happens in like the first couple minutes of the game. Um, and it, it takes place over the course of 12 minutes. And then like in the course of this time, a cop shows up, bangs on the door. You can let them in or not, but they, they basically like come in and tie you up and you end up like, I think you die at the end of the 12 minutes or some, something, or you get dragged off, like something happens and then you restart. And talking to this developer about it, you think initially the premise is, okay, I got to solve this problem with the cop. Like I got to make sure that I don't get like dragged off or killed or whatever. But when you solve that problem, that doesn't stop the time loop. 
And so my understanding of this game is that there's going to be some sort of like trying to figure out, okay, wait, what is this actually all about? And that you just gave me like the same feeling with talking about Outer Wilds. Kind of, because time that's... loops aren't used enough in games, and when they are, it's usually just for something monotonous. I, I'm fascinated by that kind of concept, the idea that you can figure out a little bit of something at a time and then apply that knowledge forward. It's not used enough. Yeah. Right. The Outer Wilds... Mask is the shit, guys. Yes. The Outer it's Wilds good. also pulls this great thing where um, there are multiple potential, like, and, and, and maybe even you'd say like red herrings as to what is going on. Um, what is the cause of, uh, you know, the explosion? What is the cause of the time loop? So you'll kind of come across like a couple different ideas and you'll think, oh, I got this figured out. Uh, and it won't be because the game, cause it's, it's very open-ended. It's, you kind of explore it in any direction and any order you want to, uh, for the most part. Um, so you're going to come across different ideas that, you know, maybe before I would have, uh, but you'll be like, I got, I got it. I figured it out. What's going on? What's, what's with the time loops? And no, no, it's, uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's so smart and it's so lovely and it's so That's just cool. emotionally that. haunting. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, next one. Uh, favorite like single moment in a game that you played this year, just like an individual moment. Uh, we will probably accidentally cross into some spoiler territory. That's fine. Apologies, everybody. Uh, <laughs> We will mine, give people an opportunity to like mute. Yeah, so so mine very quickly is a spoiler. If you have not played Untitled game, it's just the very end of the game. Um, and oh my god! Apologies yeah. if you haven't played it yet, but just just go fucking play Untitled Goose game. Like it's just fun. Very it's slow. like a couple hours. It's fine. Um, but at the very beginning of the game, you walk. You, you like you're this goose, right? At whatever you pop out of the bushes and you're walking out of this kind of like little tutorial like area, whatever. And there's a there's a pit with a bunch of bells in it. And it's like okay, why? And you just like that information just goes into the back of your mind. Like you don't, you, you remark on it maybe for a second, you're like weird. And then you keep going, you don't think about it the whole course of the game. And then at the very end, the, the timing of this moment with like the music and the way the, the goals like on your to-do list popped up was perfect. So you, you walk into the, you've gone through all these different areas where you terrorized all these different townspeople. At the very beginning of the game, you heard after like a certain period of time, you heard like a town bell playing, like it was on the hour or whatever. It's, it's used for like a, a, a set of achievement or a set of like to-do list tasks where you have to do things very quickly. Um, but again, like you don't think very hard about it. You're just like, oh, it's the town bell, whatever. Um, you get to the end and there's this little tiny village and you get the to-do list task of get into the village. And it's very easy. You just go into the bridge and pull it out and you go in. And then you open it up again when it crosses that off and it says, uh, steal the, like, it has like a, a very like, praiseworthy adjective attached to it like pristine or the perfect golden bell at the top of the tower or whatever um and you walk up to and it's this miniature model of the city and it's all these places you've been before but there's also a tower in the middle that you've not been to before but you know it's there because you've heard the bell already and it's this tiny model of a tower with a little golden bell in it and you peck at the sides of the tower and you knock the tower over and you grab the bell and then you, the to-do list tasks cross off and you open it up to see what it is and it's steal the beautiful golden bell and take it all the way home. And when you see that, there's just this moment of realization that the bell goes in the pit with the bells and the goose has been <laughs> doing this over and over and over again for weeks or months or years. And 
this has just been a nonstop repetitive horror show for the people of these of this village. And yet you take this bell and you run it all the way back home and you drop it in the pit and it crosses off and the goose just kind of looks at you with its stupid beady eyes. And it's just it's just this perfect moment of hilarity. That game is so funny. That's so and fucking it's, good. It's funny in a way like I I just this game came out and Borderlands was all Borderlands 3 was like also happening like I think that had already happened trailers for Goose Game were coming out and I if you love Borderlands I'm sorry but I just the Borderlands tries very hard to be funny and a lot of video games try hard to be funny and sometimes they succeed but Goose Game just is funny on principle and I just I love that moment it was beautiful that's a good one yeah, uh, I, yeah. I, I my spouse who doesn't really play a ton of video games when I was playing it on the Switch um and sitting on the couch she came over and like started asking questions and the next thing i knew she's like well try and get that and go after that thing can you take his shoe like just helping me <laughs> torture these people like yeah. we both just got sucked in so fast um but yeah goose game is definitely a highlight this year uh for me i don't know like at first i wanted to say the big twist in fire emblem but i, I feel like the big twist know. is different no matter what which path you're yeah right what? yeah what's that's twist? true that's true um, but the also, big twist, you can't romance Claude. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a crime is what that is. I promised to bring that up that you, you should, he's by or pan. My he's perfect not boy. Straight. I perfect was able boy. to romance Claude, but I am a firm believer that everyone should be able to romance correct. Claude. Yeah. That everyone. is the correct, correct idea. Um, but no, actually, I think my favorite moment is actually in Luigi's mansion three. It's the mm. movie studio floor. Oh my gosh. I know what you're going to say. Do it. Do it. So, so the movie what's great about the movie studio floor is how brilliantly they use the sets with Guiji so you're in the movies Imran all... mute it for a second oh yeah please Imran mute I don't want to spoil this for you no we're um, playing this game together and he doesn't he hasn't done this puzzle okay but after you before before you you know you have to figure out these movie scenes there's puzzles and everything but once you're done the boss fight is not actually against the ghost on the floor he wants to put you in a movie and you're fighting against a ghost in a Godzilla costume in a tiny city. And so you're Kaiju Luigi <laughs> just destroying it. the city and trying to stop this ghost in a Godzilla costume. Would you say um, he's a Kaigu? He's a Kaigu. So um, and it's just so perfect. It's, ju it's just really brilliant. It's really cute. Lovely. It's awesome. And then what's even better is at the end, like, this is the only ghost that's not been aggressive to you in the whole mm -hmm. building. And so at the end, he's in the film room, like, putting the reel together. And you can decide to suck him up or not. And you get, like, a Luigi's Mansion achievement if you suck him up. Or you can just leave the him and never and never yeah. go after him. Uh, I sucked him up because... No! I know, I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm the worst. That's so mean. Let him be so a mean. director. It's his dream. <laughs> but uh, but it, it, was, it was just so fun to be... I mean, I like... Like, I'm a Godzilla nerd, so, like, any game that does allusions to kaiju or that kind of stuff. Like, there was a, there was one of the Mario and Luigi games. One of the powers was Luigi grew and Mario could ride him. But I don't remember which game it was. It wasn't Dream, was it Dream Team? Maybe it was Dream Team. One of them, like, Luigi's special ability is a bunch of little Luigis build up into a giant Luigi. And then Mario rides him <laughs> to fight whatever boss they're fighting. It was brilliant. I can't remember which one of those. But, yeah. But Luigi's Mansion 3, definitely that's, that moment really was my highlight. Yeah. The puzzles on that floor, I thought, were the first time the puzzles got hard. In the oh, game. yeah. I couldn't figure and them out. 
the moment when it clicked for me was an oh this shit is cool moment and a realization from then on everything like I have this set of like five or six tools right and I'm not gonna get any more tools after I mean I guess, I guess you do get one but it's kind of eh um, but every everything from the rest from that point on is just built on using those tools in smarter and smarter ways. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Who's next? Lena, you want to sure. go? Or? Um, I hesitate to call it a moment. It, it's a series of moments, but I mean the one that I think of. It's probably because it was a little more recent than any of the others. I don't know. Um, so in Dragon Quest Eleven S, and you know. Spoilers for that, of course, so mm-hmm. mute if you don't want those. Um, there's a point where you're basically, you get to Yggdrasil, and you're like, okay, well, you're basically going to finish your mission now. Everything's going to be great. And I figured something would happen, but I wasn't quite ready for exactly how they framed it, I guess. Um, they just did really well with making everything seem terrible and bleak, and I got some FF6 spoiler, or spoilers, words. I got some FF6 vibes. Um, is basically the bad guy wins and everybody gets scattered to, you know, the four corners of the earth. And in the S version, um, you know, the one on switch and I guess mm-hmm. other, uh, ports of it, you play through everyone else's story during that time frame, So you see what they do before you meet back up with them. Um, and there was just a, a few scenes from there that I liked a lot. Like, um, is like there's a scene where because everything is so bleak and hopeless, everybody's just kind of like, well, I guess I'm just going to let gangs come and take all my stuff. It's whatever at this point. The world's over. Um, but one of the characters, Silvando, creates like a big circus troupe, basically. And he starts gathering all the ne'er-do-wells together and they basically get in these big feathery outfits and they go and they dance around for people to give them hope again. What? Um, and they start parading through the streets with these giant, like, horse heads, and, like, they have Silvando, and they're lifting him on this giant throne while he's going this around. This ridiculous! <laughs> so, I, I think just that series of moments, and especially the part with Silvando, um, because I, I knew something was gonna happen, but I didn't expect the guy to just outright win, basically. And then, later on, you learn that the main character's been turned into a fish. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did try really hard not to spit take at that exact moment. I drank <laughs> at the wrong time. <clears throat> a fish, you say? Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to explain everything, you know. Right? Oh. No, that's all. That's it, good. That's good. But he's a fish. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not Cheers, a I'll drink that, person, bro. so I have no intelligent <laughs> questions to ask you about that. But I'm I'm really glad that. Dragon Quest is weird and good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the music okay. also composed by Hatsune Miku. Right? See that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's Very busy this year. She's incredible. Uh, who do we, who's my Sam here? and then me. Uh, Sam? Okay. Yeah. Mine's really, really simple. Um, I never played the original Resident Evil 2, uh, which I actually have a fun editorial coming about that, thanking Capcom for the remakes they're doing. Excellent. So you can look for that really soon. But, uh, <sighs> It's a very simple thing, but just the moment when Mr. X shows up and he just effortlessly shoves that helicopter to the side. And you you ever feel like there's something happening and it doesn't matter what you say, you'll be understating it to the 10th degree possible. Yeah, Yeah, and so it's just this, oh, I'm screwed. (laughs) There's nothing I can do about this. Fuck me. I'm literally dead. 
guy's face. Uh, this is a problem. And so you immediately hightail it out. And from then on out, you know, mild spoilers, but whatever. It's one of the best parts of the game. And knowing this doesn't take away from it, and you should have played it by now anyways. Uh, you know about Mr. X that, by now. like Right, exactly. Every time you hear that heavy thump, thump, thump 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 it's like oh god no oh please no just tell me i have a moment and he's just stays hunting you and you have to run back and forth across the building unlock this door go up this ladder get to this bell tower try and do this and just and all the time you're praying you can avoid this guy because you can barely slow him down and like that was really really cool because i have no memory of the original game whatsoever and i had no idea that that was coming so yeah pretty cool there are, I've never played that game. I never will play that game. It's not my thing. There are some delightful mods of I was that just game gonna yes. with some there real are. interesting encounters with, I think, the character you're talking about. Yes. There, and oh, that yeah, is there, hilarious. There, hilarious stuff out there one was, uh, I think, a Thomas the Tank Engine mod, yeah. and it even changed the music. Yeah. There was oh, a tiny that, yes, mod. I saw that one. That one's great. There was a tiny mod where, like, he busts through the door and it's this tiny little Mr. X. <laughs> and, like, he's making these he's loud noises. Five, and he's he's five bitty. three. He can, you can't yeah. make him tiny. The the best thing is if he's something like five three. If he's a short king, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he's got to be like, Ugh, uh, you know, <laughs> bagel boss, right? Like, he's gotta, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I gotta I gotta add because so so Resident Evil two. Um, Mr. X is, is so good, and it's so good when he first appears, but the actual thing for me is not long after that, when you're running from him and it's the first time he's shown up, and your initial instinct is to go back to the center lobby, because that's the safe area. Um, you know, right, and you go right. to the no center zombies lobby. Never get in there. Yeah, right. and, and you're in there, and you're like, okay, I got a second, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get to, and then he just opens the door and starts strolling right into the center safe area the, that enemies are never supposed to be able to come. Rev is like, uh, yes, that is exactly no, the feeling. No, this is exactly like what happened in Yoshi's World. Yeah, they, <laughs> he, they break the rules and you're yeah. like, no, yeah. this isn't how this is supposed to work. Uh, but Mr. X doesn't care. X is gonna give it to you. Gonna give it to you. Yes, yeah. there is no power greater than X. Fuck waiting <laughs> oh, for you to get it on your own. Level. X gun delivered to you. The, so, clown level in yeah, the clown level in Yoshi world, was too much. Where when you no. stand, there's like these, there's these really just fucked up clowns chasing you for some reason. That whole level, I don't know what Nintendo no. was thinking. Like, fuck that come whole on, clown guys. level. We're not, I don't know. No, fuck with it, that. Was, it was a nightmare, but it was very well designed. But there's, there, the idea is when you stand under these lights, like you're safe and the clowns don't get you. And there's one part where there's a light and I'm pretty sure there's also like a, a little like egg box or whatever. So you can reload on eggs. And you stand there and you're about three quarters of the way through the level at this point. And you're like, okay, I have a minute. And you start like filling up on eggs and the light starts flickering. And oh, no. it's, it's perfectly timed so that it goes out before, because there's like clouds on either side of you. It goes out right before you're done getting all your eggs. And the clouds are just like, eh. Hey! <laughs> oh, God. It's very it's bad. Doggos. Um, yeah, I will say also, um, I want to give a, excuse me. I want to give a shout out to Imran and chat because he's not being acknowledged, even though he is, uh, it, come on, get out there, Athena, um, on the line of correct everything involving the guardian ape and Sekiro, uh, a game that I have issues with. Um, but everything involving the guardian ape is okay. I didn't ask for a second dog. Um, <laughs> and yet you received. Yeah. I would like a, 
one dog. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll take a dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, two, three. Okay, there they go. Bye bye. Dog's good. Um, but anyway, uh, so yes, Guardian Ape is a good call, Imran. Um, I'm gonna say the entire ch- like ending chunk of Outer Wilds once again, like <laughs> you know every category, right? I'm gonna bring this game, but like it 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 hits so hard in all of these categories, but um. The the last several. Wonder what time your game loops. of the year is. Yeah, I know. Right? But, I mean, more than likely, the last several time loops are are really just. Do you know that feeling, when you're watching or playing something, um, and it it becomes a completely different thing permanently, goes off the rails. Not necessarily in like a a horror way, but um, like. Thank you, Twiggy. <laughs> Somebody needs to just put the yakety sax music yeah. over Derek, like opening and closing the door. They keep jumping yeah, up and kicking dog. it open. But um, no, and I'm not going to spoil the ending for. But um, but like when something goes so off the rails and becomes something so completely different um, that you're left. Fine, Twig, you win. <laughs> you know what? Just the uh, end of Outer Wilds there. I, and okay. I won't give details Good. because I don't want to spoil it to anybody. And Thank there's you. nobody to talk to about it yet. So. Sorry. It's okay. Sorry, I'll get on that. Um, I think that's it. So let me, I'm going to jump ahead because we're, we're at nine o'clock now. Um, can we, I would love it if the three, because so, so Derek and I are not going to talk about games right now. Um, if you Desperately want to know mine. My piece goes up tomorrow at gamesindustry.biz, but we are going to do a game of the year podcast. But I would love to hear from Sam, Matt, and Lena what your just overall game of the year is. Okay, um, I'll I'll lead us off on this one then. So should come as no surprise if anyone follows what little I share on my Twitter account. But my game of the year is Gears Five. I've been a Gears of War fan since I was way too young to really be playing them but hey oh well um and it's always been a great franchise it's had some great moments but i really admire what rod ferguson and the rest of the crew did uh laura bailey's performance acting incredible stuff as kate diaz and the way it took you know a very shooty bang you know oh strong muscular men chainsaw guns and all that and it gave it some serious serious tones and it gave it some serious moments and it it was, I don't know, it's almost this juxtaposition of, hey, you can have your really fun game that you played when you were a teenager and you were really angry about everything, but you can also age it up and get with the times and take a moment to maybe just acknowledge, not even make a direct statement, but just acknowledge some messed up political things and some ideas of police state and what that means for the average person. And it really, really came together in an interesting way. It tried a lot of new things for the gameplay and it's stayed with me probably more than any other game. So yeah, totally. Gears 5. Gears 5, all right. Lena? Lena Matt? Matt? Okay. Um, it's Resident Evil 2. <laughs> um, I've beaten it several times, several, several times. Um, <clears throat> mostly to get a better time, which <laughs> I haven't. I mean, I got um, an hour 30, which is nowhere near world record or anything, but... You know, I was happy just to get an S plus rank. But do you do a lot of speedrunning? Or is this no. just a... <laughs> it's it's not normally something I would do, but I liked that game enough that I was like, Oh, you know, I could probably do it. I could play this game over and over again and not get annoyed. So um I don't know, Resident Evil in general, <clears throat> just one of those games for me. It's important to me. Mm-hmm. Um 
Resident Evil 2 especially was always up there. Um, it The remake managed to overtake Code Veronica as my favorite Resident Evil game. Because I like the older ones more. It's just who I am as a person. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It, it, it just... It had this mix of nostalgia and they they completely remade this thing that I love into a good game that had very few faults with it that I can think of anyway. I mean, I'm sure they're there, but right, it didn't yeah. matter to me. Um, and then, you know, they, they even had like side stories with other characters. They have um, tons of costumes and you know, they just added something to the RPD demo to um, hint at some stuff in Resident Evil 3 for that remake, which I'm very much looking forward to. Um, it just, it, it made my year, and I was still talking about it and thinking about it. I mean, this is, what, February? And I'm still yeah. talking about it and thinking about it now, and I played it on release. So, that's my game of the year. Excellent. You, you know, slight spoilers for the essay I'm going to write, but whatever. Lena, the great thing about hearing you talk about that is that you were a fan of the original game, and yet I never played it, and yet it's a game that we both love, that millions of other people both love, and I think it's really cool Capcom managed to capture that so well. Yeah, yeah. I think Capcom's doing pretty well lately. Um, so my, my game of the year is also a remake, uh, but it is uh, the Link's Awakening remake. Because... And so, toys. and so the thing about Link's Awakening is, so I'm a Zelda nerd. I've played every single Zelda except Wind Waker because I was one of those assholes who, when I saw it, went, oh, it's a kiddie game. I'm not going to play that. I know. I was an you idiot. You were one of those assholes. No. I was. And I regret it deeply now. So this, so Nintendo really needs to re-release the HD remake on the Switch because I don't have a Wii and never bought one. Uh, or Wii U, rather. But that said, yeah, Link's Awakening... I always liked the 3D Zeldas, but the 2D Zeldas were always my favorite. My original favorite was Link to the Past. Then when Link Between Worlds came out on the 3DS, which was essentially oh the, the spiritual successor, that became my favorite game. Yeah. And so now I, I, and I think John had mentioned this at some point that it might be his new favorite Zelda. It's definitely my new favorite Zelda. I never, and more importantly, I never played the Game Boy version or the Game Boy Color version. I just, I never got around to it. And so I went into it completely completely cold and completely fresh and i was completely charmed by the new graphics i was completely i love the soundtrack that's actually probably one of my favorite soundtracks of the year too i completely forgot about but like i was just absolutely charmed by this game the the faux claymation design the cute little characters the story uh, um the gameplay it was never so hard that i didn't feel like i could do it but it was never so easy that i was bored either it was like the perfect zelda difficulty um and yeah it because it's a top-down zelda it quickly and yet a side-scrolling zelda because some of the dungeon stuff has side scrolling which is also great like it quickly became one of my favorites i've already played it twice i'm going to probably play it again before the end of the year um and what's interesting to me is again someone like john who played it and loved the original but still loves the new one more like nintendo took such care with this game to not only recreate it, but recreate it in a way that new players can engage with it, but also old players would love it. And uh, I was super stoked for it. It's easily, like, I'm still excited for Breath of the Wild 2 whenever the hell we get that. But, <laughs> but like, and I've said this before, Breath of the Wild is one of the best Zelda games ever made, but it is by far not my favorite. 
because like okay. there's not much of a soundtrack. The story is scattered. Oh, I'll fight you on the soundtrack thing, but that's that's for another day. Well, I think it's just <laughs> mostly that the soundtrack is more ambient, right? Like there is a soundtrack, but like when you're wandering the world, that's so deeply clever though. Mm. It is, yeah. But anyway, I, I, uh, Link's Awakening was like a classic game. It, it hit all the buttons for me. And so it easily is my game of the year for sure. I'm super happy that we live. So like, like Zelda started as a top-down thing and then it became this 3D thing. And it's like, it, it's, it's what, a couple decades old at this point? Like Zelda's old. I think it is really kind of incredible that we live in a world where both top-down and 3D Zelda exist together. And they are both deeply different games. I mean, there's there's connections between the two, like in terms of how like things function, but the way the games are designed and the way you play them is just so wildly different. But yeah. they are still both Zelda games, and we live in a world where they just exist alongside each other. And I am so so happy that Nintendo has said we are going to keep doing both of these things. Yeah, because th they are both so good for so just very different reasons for sure and like now it makes me want them like some of the game boy and game boy advance games are my favorites too like minish cap and oracle seasons and ages like those all need this same treatment like give it to me yesterday i uh, really liked phantom hourglass <laughs> except for the part where i had to do the same dungeon over the same very over, difficult and like, over, like di difficult over. not in a challenging way but difficult in a just like a tedious way over and over mm -hmm. again everything that was not in that dungeon was great yeah i yeah. agree um, okay, so next one, everybody, most anticipated games of next year. Ooh. I mean, mine's Animal Crossing. Yeah. Crossing. Wow, we really? We don't, need, we don't even Red? need to have what? a conversation about that. I'm going to place everybody's... <laughs> everyone's posting their, like... They're like how many hours of Nintendo Switch they played or whatever, which yeah. mine was wildly inaccurate. Mine said I played the most hours of Untitled Goose Game. I played like max <laughs> 10 hours of Untitled Goose Game. I'm pretty sure I played like 80 of like Pokemon, uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, or Fire Emblem Three Houses is definitely up there in the 90, 100 range. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Nintendo is smoking. Um, but I'm sure Animal Crossing is just going to be. Yeah. Your hours are going to go skyrocket. Oh, yeah, I'm, I've, I've had so many moments, like, because I used to play New Leaf all the time, and I've had a lot of moments this year where I thought, huh, I'm in an Animal Crossing mood right now. Where do I want to get, I don't want to get out my 3DS. <laughs> and I just thought, man, it sure, sure would be great if we had a Switch version right now. Anyway, yeah, okay, everybody else. Um, I'm going to give a weird one that I, I don't think is going to be on anyone else's list. Um, Absolutely. So... I think I might be most interested in the Avengers game, the Square Enix Avengers oh, game. Okay. Really? Um, so here's Flex. yeah, here's the, here's the thing, okay? Just about everything else big next year. I know already what I'm getting into. Doom Eternal? I love Doom. And you're just giving me more right. and bigger Doom. Cool. More Doom. FF7 remake. This can be great. I played it at PAX uh, and it was fantastic. And I know exactly what I'm getting into, basically. Um, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Um, you know, all these games, I feel like early in the year, I, I have a good grasp of. Avengers is this weird mystery box for me because yeah. it's a, a, a property that I really like. I grew up reading these comics. I mean, I was reading like. Avengers and Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and stuff in the 90s. 
Um, so I'm, 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 I'm a big old comic book nerd, but, um, like this Avengers game looks kind of rough and a lot of the details around it seem kind of rough despite all of the pedigree behind it, but also every single person who's gone hands on with it behind closed doors has said it's pretty good. Uh, like that it's really good. And there's a lot of opportunity in this live service game to, you know, update with these co-op missions and more characters, and I want to see what they do with it. And I love that most recent trailer that put Kamala Khan up front. I love Kamala. Uh, Miss Marvel is is one of my favorite heroes that they've introduced in the last I don't know who she years. is, but she looks cool. She's, she's so good. Reb, you're going to love her. She I is love a, it. I don't, I don't know who she is. I love it when they bring heroes from that universe to the forefront that I have never fucking... Of. Yeah, she's like, relatively I new. I, I get like Marvel and the other one mixed up all the time. Like I don't yeah. know which one Iron Man's in, but I'm tired of Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about the Hulk. I don't care about. Girl, you would love Kamala. She is. She's Batman. just a, a Pakistani American teenager who is like Muslim, <laughs> but also a teenage girl, and like trying to work out the in betweens. There, she writes fan fiction about the Avengers because she grew up in a world where they were just a thing. Like she's just. Very fun. She's everything people loved about Spider Man when Spider Man was still young. Aww. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. So um, so yeah, I uh, I think I'm most excited for the Avengers game, and it, I'm not saying that I think it will be my favorite game that I play next year, um, but I think it's the one I'm most excited for because I don't know exactly what I'm getting into here, and that's kind of cool. I like not knowing uh, what's coming up, even if I wish I'd get you know trailers more often or something. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Like when people were upset about it, like so I'm a Marvel and comic book nerd also. God, yes. Um, um and uh, and like I've loved the the MCU. I've loved all the movies. Some you know, they're not all perfect, but I've enjoyed it. But like also the voice actors playing some of the Avengers are like my voice acting heroes. Like mm-hmm. Noah North is in there. Like um I'm sure Stephen Bloom's in there somewhere because he's in everything. Oh, it's gonna but, happen. Like, but like, and so I was excited about it, even while people were like ripping on how they didn't look like the movie characters. Like, I don't care about that. But I agree. Like, the game I'm most curious about, I don't know if it's my favorite, is is Avengers because hell yeah, again we don't know enough. And like a co-op online Avengers game that I can play with my friends, like that sounds awesome. Um, but it's not. I mean, to be pretty basic about my most anticipated game for next year, it's Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, you need basic on this. We also don't have a ton of big reveals yet for next right. year. So, like, your options are pretty much limited to basic and, like, three indie. It's all, <laughs> look, it's all those March games that got spread out in, in a couple different directions. Like, that's yeah. all we know. And it's a lot, but it was all one month of games. So Yeah. Yeah, and like the thing about Final Fantasy VII Remake for me, which I still can't believe is the finalized title, is just Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, no one like... still really knows like how the episode. Yeah. Like what the fuck is up with that? Like, is it all no. just like four or five sixty dollar game? What's happening? Look forward right, to episode right. two in three years. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, Square Enix said Nomura has already started on the next episode, but it's like, dude this one was in development how long what does yeah. that mean like yeah. i i don't know like i'm super excited for that game but they really should be more transparent yeah. we all sort of yeah. thought of this when we first heard it is oh it's gonna tell or life is strange sort of episodic like we'll get it over the like maybe two years if we're being generous or whatever little bits at a time it'll be about as long as the original final fantasy 7 no bitches we're yeah. going all in on this every episode's a whole ass RPG. it took us 10 years just 10 years just to leave midgar like yeah get, I yeah, mean, but, 
I was going to say, get ready for part two again in three years covering the second half of disc one, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, but the thing that I'm curious about, so like for me, Final Fantasy VII is a seminal game besides Chrono Trigger. It's like the second RPG I ever played. Like I didn't play a lot of Super Nintendo RPGs until after PlayStation came out and I went back, but it was Chrono Trigger. And then Final Fantasy VII was one of the first uh, RPGs I ever owned of my own that I went out and bought with my own money and sat and played every inch of. So that's why I'm so excited for this game because of how much it meant to me in my video game development. Um, that said, what I'm also curious about and why I'm really excited for it is, so ma- no surprise to anybody, I have a Mass Effect podcast. Mass Effect is one of my favorite trilogy of games and video favorite video games of all time. What I love about that series more than anything else is all of the decisions matter, right? They affect the next game. We have to assume that the choices, like there's not a ton of choices, but that the whatever you do on the Midgard disc is going to affect the next disc. And it'll be cool to have a trilogy of games that are one game that I grew up with. Like the fact that they can expand that story so much and people who've played it and read some descriptions of the story stuff say it's not watered down. There's a ton of content. Like that's really exciting for me to get three games out of one game. I used to play all the time and still play. So. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm stuck between two, but I guess if I had to pick one, um, it'd probably be Animal Crossing. Yes, Lena! Because <laughs> I'm going to play that with my fiancé, like, a lot. Uh-huh. Like, a lot, a lot. Oh, and God, if, yeah. If there's, a, um, if there's a Switch Lite, an Animal Crossing Switch Lite, we're going to get one of those. So. Oh my. my biggest disappointment about how Nintendo does hardware of all time is that they release the boring color first. And after I have purchased it, they come out with the fucking adorable animal crossing edition (laughs) with like, like Isabel on the back, making a cute face or like a bunch of little like leaves or whatever all over it. And I look at it and I go, I want that, but that's like $300 for an item I already possess. It just looks different. Yeah. I hate that too. And they know it. They know know it. it. Because I do not spend that money, but a lot of people, yeah. Oh. That's that's the new two roles in any lesbian couple now is which of you has the Pokemon Switch Lite and which of you has the Animal Crossing Switch Lite. <laughs> which one are you, Lena? <laughs> I mean we we don't we're not gonna have a Pokemon Switch Lite in this house, actually. Well, <laughs> Buck and Buck and Trends, proud of you. <laughs> but Colette's gonna be the Go on. I didn't mean to interrupt. Please go on. No, you're fine. Uh, Colette's gonna get the Animal Crossing Switch Lite, and then I'm. We got her a yellow Switch Lite that I'm gonna take, and then I I just have another Switch in the house for something. Yes. <laughs> How do you like the Switch Lite? Do you mostly play handheld? Um. Well, okay. She has the Switch Lite. Yeah, she okay. uses that constantly. I just keep mine docked all the time. I play my normal switch. I don't ever take it off the talk. So, yeah. Which apparently makes puts me in the minority of switch users, but No, I'm the same way. I leave it I leave it docked like all the time. The only time I take it out for portable if I like have to travel and can't take the rest of it with me or if like I'm really sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'll take it to bed or something, but yeah. you know. Sam, uh... I think we got you still. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Sam, I think you're uh... right. Look, 
next year is going to be insane. I don't yeah. care what I don't care what you like. I don't care what platforms you own. Twenty twenty is the first year where it really doesn't matter if you if you can't find something you're going to enjoy, you just hate gaming. I'm sorry, that's all there is to it. I will make that defense. I am I am well known for hating gaming. So. I am a games journalist. I yeah. hate video games. Yeah, yeah well, we're, we're, we're working actively to destroy them. I channel channel our inner nine volt right now. You're terrible. You know? <laughs> for sure. Um, so really, I could pick like 20 different games, and I could be telling the truth at any particular moment. But I think for me, the one I'm most curious about in terms of, please, for the love of all that is good and holy and whatever's left in this world make the landing stick this would be uh halo infinite because Ooh, yeah. um, of, of microsoft's franchises forza kept on keep, keeping on gears stagnated but then it really sped up and caught up and it's all fine like it's doing great now gears 5 is doing fantastic halo has definitely gone through the most tumultuous times i would say um it's had the most issues and there was more emotion in that one trailer at E3 2019 than there was in all of Halo 5, I would argue. Like, they actually got me to think, okay, all right, dang it, guys, I'm back in. Um, so I really need that game to be good. I really need them to just do a good job. They, uh, Bonnie Ross, who's the head of 343 Industries, has described it as a spiritual reboot of the game. That's why they're launching it with uh, the Series X and all that. So I'm really, really hoping to just have that feeling again when an 11-year-old boy, you know, stepped out onto the ring and looked up and saw the ring go all the way around for the first time. If they can recapture that emotion for me, then I'll be happy. That's so lovely. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah, I loved that series. I, I like. I'm not. I don't own an Xbox One, but I had a 360 and an Xbox, mm -hmm. and like, two Halo Two is still one of my all-time favorites. That and Reach. Um, and I plan on getting the PC re-releases because, like, the story was very good in those games, and people forget yeah, that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, people forget how hardcore it was, you know? Reach yeah. is very, very emotional. Um, but, yeah, so if they can recapture that and apply it to a broader setting or whatever, I'll be extremely happy. Yeah. I, I just need master, the Master Chief Collection to, like, release quicker on PC yeah, because I, I really want to get into Reach, but I don't want to play Reach, finish it, and then not have the next one like i want them to yeah. i want to marathon these games also yeah. it's it's probably a i don't know i just yeah i just want to do that yeah <laughs> i don't have an excuse i i tried to think of a, of a better reason to like justify and i don't i just want to play them all in a row so please oh, let me that. i think that's fair legit um coming coming close to time but we've got we've got two more that i think are <laughs> we, we, we got everybody right yeah. On that question? Okay. Um, less video game related, unless you want it to be. Tell me something that you did, some personal thing that you want to brag about. I'm really proud of this year that you did. Give me anything. Uh, I sent you all these questions ahead of time. You have no excuse. <laughs> I drank a lot of water and stayed real hydrated. <laughs> Not really your thing, Derek. That can't be your thing. Uh, no. I mean, I'll it can be. be. It can do whatever you want. I'll be sentimental for a moment. Uh, yeah, SDGC has been one of my highlights of this year. Oh. Um, no, no, I'm going to do it. So I don't know how I stumbled upon John on, and Derek on the internet, but I blame them because I found them and then I found this community. Um, but being on this show is a big highlight. You know, I've been podcasting for a long time and I'm a gaming nerd. And like this, this, this community has been like a highlight 
in a not great year. You know, the year that will never end. We feel like you know. Oh God, it's not even done. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but but I love the show. You guys always make everyone feel welcome and heard, and getting to be on the show with you. Hopefully for the first of many times, uh, because I need to argue with John on the air about why Chrono Trigger is better than Final Fantasy VI. I don't um, think I realized <laughs> that you had never been on before. I don't really know how we ended up mutuals either. Like, I mean, I I, we weren't just... mutuals apparently. I just assumed that we were. <laughs> but like, like I'm just, I just feel like you have been part of our sphere for a while now. I don't really know where. I mean, I, if you had told me that we had like met at like GDC or something, I'd be like, yeah, sure, that's probably something that happened. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I'm glad you're here. I didn't realize you'd never been on the show before. Yeah, Welcome. no, I'm happy to be here. This is, was a blast, and yeah, I just also well, see, and what's funny is I don't know how I discovered Derek or John in my feed. I follow a lot of games journalists, and like I listen to Waypoint um, and and a bunch of other shows. So like, likely someone retweeted somebody, and I was like, hey, those guys are snarky. They're my kind of snarky <laughs> and sarcastic. I want to be friends with them. Um, so yeah, so my, my proudest moment of the year is continuing to grow the podcast that I do, but also being on SDGC for the first We're so happy to have you. Yay. Hey. We'll do it again. Look yes, at that please. dog with a ball <gasps> yes. in his mouth. Dog. <gasps> hey. Doggo. So oh my goodness. this is my proud moment of the year, uh, is <laughs> yeah. we adopted Twiggy, who was a rescue. Twiggy. She's just over a year old now, as far as we can tell. Um, and when the shelter got a hold of her, uh, we've got pictures of the way she was before uh, when the shelter um, or when the rescue group got a hold of her. Um, and I mean, she was on the verge of death. She was a skeleton with skin wrapped around her. Um, and we have taken this poor, ab deeply, deeply abused dog and given her a lovely home. She's so good. And a sissy the and goodest. a new mommy and daddy. Who the fuck hurts a dog? I don't know. The worst thing. But she that's that's my proud thing of the year is we yeah. we saved this baby, so that's a good one. That's fantastic. Lena, Sam, Lena, do you want to go or? I can. <clears throat> See, my secret is that I've um, I actually had all my answers written down, oh, but Lena. what I tend to do is I second guess which one I should be using because I have multiples for all of them, but um, <clears throat> um. I guess the proudest thing I did this year is probably propose to Colette. Aww. Uh, <laughs> um, amazing. We live together now. It's been pretty good. It's been nothing but good. So it's amazing. A much better oh place God, than I was. I'm so happy you know. For you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I've been a lot happier in that respect than I have been in a long time, so. That's amazing. That's, That's good. Yeah. That's very good. That's very good. I get so happy for people. <laughs> Sam? Uh, yeah, so mine, I guess, is that I actually got hired. Um, yeah. I have been doing this as a, I have been doing this as like a, enthusiastic blogging i guess would be the right <laughs> thing to put it in like working for a couple of very small sites um just passionately following the industry following people hoping and praying they might follow me back and just because i care because as screwed up as this industry is i absolutely love it with all yeah. my heart i adore knowing every single little thing about it and i want to soak up all the information like a sponge and i want to talk about it and i want to talk about it with people and i want to share ideas and I was working for a very small site, and I don't want to 
dive too much into this, but there was some really nasty personal stuff going on in my life. I was not in a healthy place. I was not in a good emotional place. And then out of the blue, as I'm prepping for E3, uh, Jez Corden, who's one of the senior editors at Windows Central, he had been an acquaintance of mine uh, for some time, but not really a close friend or anything, just hits me up and is like, hey, so you're not really doing uh, enough for like where you're at right now. I say you come and work for us and you actually get paid really well for it. And what do you say to that? And I was like, uh, yeah. So we talked some more at E3, a couple of drinks, a couple of talks. And here I am, a member of the games journalism industry. And I could not possibly be happier. This is I'm so happy you're a part of this. Yeah, That's this amazing. is easily the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. And it's good to be able to look back on something, you know, gnarly in your life and go, hey, that wasn't my doom. I'm burning brighter and I'm pushing forward and I have a heck of a lot more ass to kick, you know? Oh yes. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> uh, last one is... Wait, uh, Red, Derek Red. and Rev didn't give their proudest. No, well, Derek, Derek didn't. didn't. I, oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry, oh, I wasn't right, trying sorry. to skip out on that. I just Oh, that's right, the dog was Derek's. I, yeah. I just lost my mind. Um, oh god, that's and this water. Is, this is legitimately I mean I have, I've like talked about this on Twitter like ten times. I feel like I'm just like wearing out my welcome with this conversation, but this has like legitimately been the hardest year of my life. Um I started I started the year by getting divorced. Um I moved out to Kansas City away from my hometown for the first time in my entire life. Um I like left behind I, I deleted Facebook, which sounds like just like a sort of oh yeah, I got rid of the social media kind of thing, but it legitimately severed my connection to like 90% of everything that I had known up to that point. Everybody, like so many people I had known from school, so many people that I had just, you know, I had the support network that I just said, you know what, I know you, you all have kind of existed in my sphere, but these are not people who have legitimately been there for me. So I don't feel bad doing this, but also like, I just like separated myself and I took a risk and I moved to a new city and just started my life again, like entirely it felt like, like without, just like, like I had had this idea of what it was going to look like and what was going to go up to that point. And I had to, I, basically because of the circumstances, just had to sort of throw it all away and say, all right, we're just starting over. I mean, I have my job, which has like been amazing. So I, I don't know. I think it's, I, I, I don't want to say my proudest achievement is like surviving because I don't think I just, sur maybe, I, I guess to say that I thrived, that yeah. I thrived this year, yeah. like, yeah. like in, in every possible way, like, like I have done, especially in the last couple of weeks, but like, I think over the course of this year, I think I've done like the best work in my career. And I'm saying that right now because here in like 24 hours, I'll be down on myself again and I won't like my work anymore. But at the moment I wrote something really good, really nice today and yesterday. And I really do like my work right now. So I, I have done some of my best work. I have made friends as a grown up, like new friends. And that's just wild. Um, I'm dating somebody really cute and awesome now. And I'm like Yay. super happy about it. And like it feels good and it's nice and it's like surprising and not at all what I would I, I would not have imagined I would not have imagined it this like yeah. twelve months ago ten months ago even even like eight months ago I would not have imagined that any of this was possible and I'm like I'm like okay and good and getting better and it's it's weird to look back at where I was last year just like like wallowing in the fact that I had to spend Christmas in this miserable state. And now, like, being excited for what's next. It's really cool. Rab, I can say with, without a shadow of a doubt, you are easily 
uh, one of the most inspiring people oh, I know yeah. on Twitter. And, <laughs> no, I'm de- no, I'm dead serious. I'm dead yeah, serious. You churn out incredible work, and you really shouldn't be hard on yourself. And I know it's more difficult than just saying, hey, don't be sad. Like, I get yeah, that. I, yeah. I totally get that. But there are people, other people in this industry who are looking up to you right now, and I'm one of them. Thank you so much. So That's be proud nice. of yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, we're, we're running up on time. We will try to do everybody's goal for the Let's go. Every what? Your your goal or resolution for oh, 2020. Uh, make Video it. Video gaming or otherwise. Make it. <laughs> yeah, get there. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Elect somebody uh, who isn't the motherfucker no. in charge right now. Yeah. All right, yeah, good goal. That's, that's a good goal. With that. That's my um, I, I, think a, I think a more gentle one for me would be I want to play more, I want to play more video games and I want to play more different video games. I want to play, I had this goal when I started in the industry because when I started writing about games, I like, I had played Pokemon and like Harvest Moon and like a few fluffy, like, I mean, the kinds of stuff that you already know I like basically. Um, and then like Assassin's Creed. And that was, I didn't know what Dark Souls was when I started writing about games. Like it showed, I think I think Dark Souls three showed up in a trailer at one of the many Game Awards showcases my first year, like writing. And I looked at that, and everyone was losing their shit around me. And I'm like, "The fuck is a Dark Souls?" <laughs> it was like, it was, it, but it was this eye opening. Like, wow, I educate my fucking self. And so I did. And so I pushed myself really hard over the next couple of years to like absorb all these other genres, all these types. Did I got? I dare. Um, I got reason. Oh, you're good. I got reasonably far, but I, I didn't quite hit everything. And I also overworked myself. And I, I did too. I took on too many reviews, and I burnt out for a little bit, and it was not good. Um, and so when I got this job at GI Biz, I started by saying, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to take a year, and I'm only going to play games that I want to play. I'm not going to play anything that I don't immediately feel attracted to." And that's what I did for about a year and some change. And I am finally coming out of that and saying, "Okay, there's a balance here somewhere." where I'm very adventurous in my game choices, but I'm not just trying obsessively to play every single game that comes out and burning out. Is to find that balance and walk it, to be adventurous and to try new things, but also to not waste my time on things where I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh God, I have to play this and I just hate it so much. Why the fuck am I doing this? So that's my goal. That's an admirable goal. I, I, I think in 2020, from a gaming perspective, I'd like to complete more, like finish more games. I have this bad habit because I, because I'm a, a podcaster and a streamer, like the new thing comes out. Well, I got to play that. And then you forget about the other three games that you're playing. And a lot of modern games, like if you give up along the path, trying to go back and figuring out what the hell you were doing last is so in, impossible that half the time I end up starting over. Um, so I definitely want to comp- uh, finish more games, play them to completion, because that's satisfying. And I think on a professional level, I just want to do more with the things I'm doing. Like I, I got a f- streamer. I became an affiliate this year on streaming, which was really that's, great. Damn, good job. It was, and and like I worked at it. I found what I wanted to do, and and I got it. And like now I have to figure out what's next. How do I grow that audience more? I mean, it'll help if I find time to stream again because I haven't streamed in three weeks. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> But also the podcasts I've been doing. Some I've been doing for as long as six years and others are much newer. And like, how can I grow them? What's the next step? Especially since social media has borked 
and trying to advertise on social media is almost impossible at this point. Like, what's the next way to get people into step one is being on a great podcast that you love. So that'll help. But like, you know, what other things in 2020 can I do? What other friendships can I make maybe to help promote the things I'm doing that I'm proud of? That's me. I like that a lot. That's beautiful. That's good. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> oh, thank you, Reb. Be gay, do crimes. Be gay, do crimes. That's Somebody another goal. <laughs> I can do crimes. <laughs> well, it's fine. <laughs> Lena? Lena? You? Okay. Um, so I would umbrella all of my my resolutions under like a bigger resolution, which is basically just I want to do more of the the personal product projects. That's that's the word. I want to do more of the personal projects and stuff that I have had a tendency to not do, even though I want to do them, which may sound weird, but you know, no, spoons. it doesn't. That sounds extremely normal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deeply normal. My God. Um, so those things are like, I'm constantly working on a video game, but there's a video game that I've been wanting to make that I haven't really done a lot on because I'm helping, you know, the, the team make theirs. And I, I want to work more on my personal project for that. Um, I keep redoing everything regarding like the branding and the look and the feel of my stream and then never streaming. <laughs> so <laughs> Because I used to stream like once or twice a week, and you know that was pretty fun. Yeah. I had like a, a few people that always showed up, and then you know if I can do anything that to help SDGC, I want to keep doing that because it's great, and all of you are yeah. great, and I like yeah, being cool. here. <laughs> really grateful so. to have you as a mod in our Discord. Like you're you're wonderful, and I I am really glad that you're and like I, I know that you're like present and thinking about things and it's really cool <laughs> i feel like i haven't done a lot but there hasn't been a lot of like i mean i've done some i've done thinking i've done like presenting of ideas but there's there's very little moderation that needs to be done I'll, everyone's so good go community <laughs> good job and that's yeah. okay that's good yeah yeah sometimes in and of itself that is an incredible thing yeah yeah, that's that's me. That's the hopeful 2020 I have. Derek, did you want to do a more personal one, or are you? Um, are you good yeah, let me let me do kick, let me do kick, a real kick, one. Kicking a fucker out of office. Yeah, let me. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that is more important than anything. Yeah. Like any of us. The one man alone. Do. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I would like to happen. I would like to get off nights because it would really open up my ability to do more stuff with SDGC and uh, you know have a bit of a and broader social life, right? Because right now I'm off two nights a week and one of those is to SDGC and one of those goes to the you know the other half. So um that um but I mean like that's not really within my control at the moment. So that's not really fair. Um I guess um I just want to kick depression in the ass, yeah. right? Like, oh, yeah. because that's the thing is I feel, I look around and I feel like I've got a million things I've got to get taken care of. I've got, mm -hmm. you know, every time the dogs go out and come back in with mud on them, it's a reminder that the backyard needs to be reseeded. And that's one more thing. Um, you know, every time, uh, you know, Martha has to borrow my car. It's a reminder that her car needs work. And that's one more thing we've got to do. Like it's, it's yeah. always 
stuff. Big mood. Lots of stuff. And I Big want, mood. I need to figure out how to un, how to break out of that mindset. Cause everything is like, I really can't afford to do medication. Like I'm not like yeah. financially, I'm in a really tight spot. Like I make life work. Um, but like, and, and medication's always been, I've got a spotty history with medication anyway. So like it's it's never been ideal. Uh, we've never found something that really worked well for me. So I'm unmedicated, um, and I just live that life. Uh, and I need to, especially staring down the barrel of the winter months, which is always the yeah. worst seasonal <laughs> depression. Oh, season. Enormous. Yeah. No. Let's fucking go, folks. Um, yeah. So and I mean, like I tend to kind of blanket everything with this cheerful nihilism kind of deal, you know, because like, you know, can't be depressed if nothing matters. But like, you know, like is hard. And I got to Like, yeah. that's that's not the worst coping mechanism, but I got to do more than cope. I got to I got to thrive yeah. in, okay. in your words, Reb. So um, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be more open. Um, I'm going to stop keeping all my problems to myself because I do that a lot with even, even y'all on the webs and in the podcast fam and uh, not so bad with Lena. I, I, I tend to let Lena know when real serious stuff's going on, but um, Lena good. yeah, Lena's sister. That's how it works. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I just need to, I'm, I'm a really good support for other people and I got to stop being just a pillar and and be open to letting other people see that like I'm you weak too and I'm yeah. I'm I'm a ball of depression and anxiety and nerves and uh you know I'm just You to make are a wonderful support. Derek. So yes. and you know we would all catch you. Yeah. Like not, the minute the I have, minute we knew you I have a it. hard time being comfortable with needing help. <laughs> like I know. I just I need to I need to be I need to be perfect so I can help everyone else. Whoa, like oh yeah. God, that's God. the Big mood. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, literally. Shit. So that's what I got. Alright, that, right. that was an absolutely <clears throat> lovely thought to end on for 2019 SDGC. Uh, Sam, Matt, Lena, thank you so much for joining us, all three of you. Would you very kindly please plug whatever you like, Twitch, Twitter, wherever people can find you and your work? Sure, Sam, why don't you go first? Okay, yeah, so uh, I'm on Sam, I'm on Twitter at Samuel Talbert. I'm one of those lucky fools who actually has his name, which is pretty cool. Come talk to you me. You bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I, I choose to take that as a compliment. Thank you. Um, yeah, come talk to me about games, movies, tech, whatever. Happy to do it. I write a ton of stuff on Windows Central, Android Central, and iMore. My bosses keep telling me it's really cool, and everyone who reads it does too. So please, uh, we rock 2019. We're going to rock 2020 even harder. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I uh, You can find me, DJ underscore Stormageddon, pretty much everywhere on the internet. I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DJ underscore Stormageddon. Uh, um, Twitter also is the same. Instagram is the same. Um, and if you go to any of those places, you can also find the info on the four podcasts I do because I'm a crazy person who doesn't <laughs> like having free time. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, check me out. Say hi. I'm always around. Lena? Well, um, the easiest way to see anything that I have done and or any of my thoughts would be on Twitter. Um, apologies in advance. Uh, my at is Unifier Leone. <laughs> that is U N I F I E R L Y O N E. Um, that has relevance to me, but few others. Um, I 
talk about a lot of random stuff, and anytime I'm doing game dev stuff, I usually go on rants about that or whatever old console I've decided to open up and do things to. Buying things gets me serotonin, right? Like, <laughs> I know that feeling too. Looks at microphone. <laughs> everyone, you three, thank you so much for joining us for our last show here. Everybody in chat and everyone listening later, thank you so much for being with STGC at any point in 2019. We are so grateful for every single one of you. You're all wonderful rock stars. We have on a building that Discord, but honestly, we just, we've we just have the best fucking community. Like yeah. we're all just so nice and wholesome and kind to one another. And I hope every single one of you has a wonderful holiday, a fantastic new year, a fantastic, just absolutely everything. We will see you in January. It's not always poetry. We don't always agree, but we always keep it real. Have a wonderful rest of your 2019, everybody. Be excellent to Bye. each other. Bye. Bye.